Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Clock on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. The first game today in the ACC tournament between Miami and Wake Forest. It's coming to a close. One minute left to go in the game. Miami is up by six points right now. So the last time I turned over my shoulder to watch television, it was like a 15 point game between Wake Forest and Miami, with Miami, of course, having the lead. Wake Forest brought it back after three, 71 66, actually. So a five point game between Miami and Wake Forest, kind of making a late push. So we'll see if Wes Bryant will be joining us in about 20 minutes worth of time to discuss a, another Wake comeback or if he'll be talking more about a Wake loss in this ACC tournament. Let's go to the text line. Feel free to text in 704-570-9610. Bagel Guy wrote in with Fiddy's least favorite uh, ideas. He said, what about Fiddy's most hated players? How much time would you need for a most hated players list? 15 hours. Okay. You know, we'll just have it nonstop programming. Jeff, make sure that we can get on that. Maybe we can sell that as well. <laughs> we can sponsor that entire uh, brand of radio NASCAR Brad got mad at Colin when he said the Big Four tournament included NC State, oh, the three North Carolina schools, and Duke as well. NASCAR Brad said, uh, yeah, Duke is also in North Carolina. He called Colin a chotch. And then also the other text message idea that I had, where the, the question I was asking to the listeners, what's something that you've been getting wrong for most of your life, and then within the last couple of years, you realized, okay, I've been saying that wrong, whether it's lyrics, whether it's a saying whether it's just whatever Jake Smith wrote in, he had been saying a scapegoat instead of just scapegoat. I don't know how many people get that one wrong, but a scapegoat. I can see how some people might get that Panther Bo had a bad one, Bo. We love you, man. I mean, we absolutely love you writing in. You have great texts and we appreciate that. But this one's a bad one. He said, I always thought Nebraska was in the South, like near Arkansas. Then coach dumbass went there and I realized that indeed I am actually that. <laughs> like, how did yeah. you think Nebraska's in the South? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that one's bad. But we still love you, Panther Bo. We appreciate it. Is is that worse than me not knowing the difference between a urinal and a stall? No, because you can be bad at geography. But how in the world do you not know what a toilet in the men's bathroom is? Like, I mean, that's what you call it. Growing up, the fact you didn't know that, I think that one's a bad one. Um, Bronx Mike came in with a great one. People saying conversate instead of converse. The conversate, that, that's out there a lot, and I totally agree with that one being real bad. And the last one I'll read here, B-Money said, Walker, this research team y'all have, it must be making big Skrilla. Y'all need them a lot. There's no doubt about that. We oftentimes... For those who are trying to get team. a little bit extra Skrilla. <laughs> Thanks to Willie P. Feel free to text in some more, 704-570-9610. Let's go to some NFL conversation that we have. With Taylor Moten getting his contract restructured, Carolina going to be saving a decent amount of money because of the second year in a row that Taylor Moten's contract 
contract is restructured. It frees up about $11.15 million in cap space. This puts the Panthers about $10 million below the cap right now. And Joe Person also, he talked about how the Panthers can create another $12.7 million by restructuring DJ Moore's contract. So I still don't expect Carolina to be a big spender this NFL free agency period. But it's all going to come down to what they decide to do in the NFL draft. Joel Klatt, he talked about some of the things about these QBs, whether they be a worry or whether they be a strength. We all know Bryce Young and the size is the big concern about the Alabama QB, except for Joel Klatt. He said he's not worried at all. Bryce Young. Everyone's like, man, he's small. Yeah, I know. Again, what is the combine about? Yeah, I know. I know Bryce Young is small. I stood next to him. Like, like, turn on the film. Watch him play. You understand he's small. Does, like, a quarter of an inch here and there matter to me? Does three or four pounds any direction matter to me? No. Turn on the film. Turn on the film. What do you see when you turn on the film? A guy that is 100% in charge. He's in total control of what's going on on the field at all times. This is why he is, right now, considered the best uh, quarterback of the group and odds on favorite to be the number one pick is because the guy understands how to operate a system, how to control that system, manipulate that system, then control and manipulate the defensive structure. You can see that manifest itself, excuse me, manif- manifest itself on the film. And it's beautiful to watch. Jeff Rickard asked me this on Charlotte Sports Today in that last minute or so that I joined him. He was discussing if your job depended on it, which one of these QBs would you take? And that's how Scott Fitterer might be viewing this opportunity in the NFL draft. What QB are you willing to put your job on the line for? Is it Bryce Young, who is smaller than basically every QB in NFL history that you might draft here with the number one overall selection, number three, whatever the Panthers might trade up to? Or would you have your job depend on C.J. Stroud? Much more the typical build, 6'3", 214, really good passer. Would you rather your job depend on Anthony Richardson? With more questions, by the way, than Bryce Young. But at least the physique is not one of those questions. Same thing with Will Levis, who, to use a white cliche, sneaky athletic Will Levis that Wes called me on yesterday, deservedly so, by the way. But finishing top five in a lot of those combine tests among quarterbacks measured with their athletic testing... I mean, everybody seems to be moving up, including Bryce Young, because he came in at over 200 pounds. But I am having my job depend on Bryce Young more than anybody else. If you have all of these questions about everyone, right? Where C.J. Stroud, where is the game film outside of Georgia? The bowl game that he had the previous season, which was bananas too, like 570 is how many yards he threw for. Absolutely ridiculous. There's a few other games in there, but there's a big difference in game film with the big games that he played and just your regular season matchups, I still would would be perfectly okay with taking C.J. Stroud. But there are still some questions there, for sure, especially because also you're playing with an elite-level group of wide receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be like a top-five pick next year. You have an offensive line that is all going to get drafted, it seems like. They have an NFL unit there. Okay, there's, there's those questions. Anthony Richardson, I mean... There's so many question marks about him. Yeah. The athletic testing, there's not one, but there's a million questions about him and Will Levis, kind of the same level. The question about Bryce Young is can he take a beating? Can he deal with the NFL size 
that might be bearing down on him, and can he get back up if he is sacked or if he's knocked down? And he did play in the SEC. He did play behind an offensive line that Alabama employs that always has the best protection unit really in college football or certainly is towards the top. If you're asking me who do I feel the best about, I'm going to go with the guy like Bryce Young who processes the game at an elite level. There's so many NFL draft analysts out there that are discussing how Bryce Young's processing is as good as any prospect they've measured in the last 5, 10 years. He's that good at that. The accuracy is there. The QB mobility is there. But the dude is short. The hand size is even good. The weight is okay enough. But the size, he's as short as Kyler Murray, and he's not as stocky as Kyler Murray. So, okay, I get that. It's a legitimate concern. But, man, I'm taking him. And I'm taking that L if I'm wrong and he just gets hurt and can't stay out there on the field. That is the risk I'm willing to take, unlike the other risk for some of these other QBs if they're all available to me. The thing about Bryce Young and the reason, uh, you know what sold me on him? Was his performance in a losing effort. You go back and look at the way he played in the national title game against Georgia against a NFL caliber defense without his top two wide receivers. And that man stood in that pocket and he made every throw he had to make. And I, I, I know he threw a decisive pick six, whatever. But up until that point, he had made literally every play he had to make to give his team a chance to win a national championship. Like, I don't, is, is, is CJ Stroud doing that? Is Will Levis doing that? Is Anthony Richardson doing that against those defenses without those weapons? I don't think so. And so there's just something about he, he is he has got the it factor, which you can't measure, but it matters where he goes into a huddle. The 10 other guys, they believe in him. You'll be able to scheme up how to take away hits from his body and his arm talent is as good as any arm I've seen. His, his ability to throw the ball from different angles is my home level scary good. Well, and with Bryce Young in 2021, the dude threw for 4,800 yards. 47 touchdown passes and seven interceptions. It's pretty decent. I'll say that. And then in this past season and 12 games, so three less games for Bryce Young, he didn't throw for him as many yards or wasn't on pace for as many, right? 3,300 yards. He did have 32 touchdown passes and five interceptions. When you told me that you were most impressed by him in a loss, I had the wrong guess before you could even tell me. I said, oh, was it LSU when he made those crazy plays to tie it up? That was still nuts. No, no, you you went to a different game, right? Like this is the kind of film that Bryce Young will put out there. And I'll go to the text line again. Um, Goo ball. (laughs) He wrote in, it's stupid with two O's, by the way, which I love. Honestly, he said, it's stupid to ding CJ for having talent around him. Nitpicking the hell out of the guy. No, no doubt. Like CJ Stroud has a lot of, has a lot of qualities that you like. I I'd be cool with CJ, but it's okay to wonder with the Mac Jones thing too. Like, remember how much we dinged him for having an amazing wide receiving group or amazing, amazing supporting cast. Also a great offensive line. Like, it's okay to have that as a question, but I'm still taking C.J. Stroud okay, just second overall outside of Bryce Young. I got a lot of people saying that Stroud did the same thing against Georgia. Yeah, he did, against a still a really good Georgia defense. The Georgia defense, though, that two years ago that Bama faced in the title game was better than the one that C.J. Stroud, because I, like, I don't know. I, I I just don't think if you put C.J. Stroud in the national title game two years ago, he's throwing for four bills and six tutties. Well, and, and maybe he is, but the question, the, the separator between those two, outside of size, no doubt about it, but the separator between those two is you got more consistent film from Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, game in and game out, if you want to talk about putting your job on the line or if you wanted to bet some significant amount of money that mattered to you, game in and game out, who did you think was going to come out with a better performance? Bryce Young was the answer to that question. And that is the separator because you're right. C.J. Stroud, huge game. How are we talking about C.J. if he struggles against Georgia? Let me ask you that. Because if he struggles against the Bulldogs, and you, it, it didn't happen, but in this hypothetical scenario, with one game's worth of difference, if he struggles against Georgia, how favorably are we viewing him right now? You're still talking about him going towards the top for sure. I think he. I think he'd be. I think he'd be behind Richardson. Yeah, there's so many people that are banking on that Georgia film. Yeah, there's a lot. Look, big time game. It should matter absolutely. But that Georgia game, it does carry a lot of weight when you talk about what quarterback you might draft at the top of the NFL selection process this year. We can go to the text line, 704-570-9610, and read some of these other texts. Oh, wait! We can't do it! Mel Kiper Jr.'s yeah. first mock draft of the season. With the first, second, third pick in the NFL draft, here comes the commissioner. Drafts surround us all. We can't escape them. The mock draft melee jumps out of the weeds as soon as you think you're safe. But nope, it comes out and gets you. The latest mock draft edition comes from The Athletic. Joe Person, the one and only, he discusses a projected trade, a part of this mock draft selection. So in this proposal from Joe Person, he said the Panthers would acquire the number three overall pick from Arizona in exchange for number nine number 61 from San Francisco, and a 2024 first-round pick. So if you want it in a little bit more simple terms, you're talking about two first-round picks, including your number nine, and the number 61, a second-round pick, barely, but second-round pick that you got from San Francisco. The pick would be C.J. Stroud. You trade up with Arizona. You select the Ohio State quarterback that did have that game film against Georgia that we value so much, what we were just discussing. Fitty, would you like this scenario, trading number nine, number 61 in a 2024 first-round pick to move up and go get the Ohio State product? I wouldn't hate it. I mean, I think that would be the first time this front office with Scott Fitterer has gone all in at the quarterback position. And look, as much as we just talked about C.J. Stroud and they're banking on that Georgia film, you put him with Frank Reich, I think he can be a quality starter in this league for 8, 10, 12 years. Have zero problem. Look, just because I would pick Bryce Young first over all of the other QBs, it doesn't mean I don't like C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is coming in at second for me, but it's honestly a pretty decent QB class. Like I, I like this crop of guys. Even Will Levis, who was fourth on my list by a pretty considerable gap, it's not like I would absolutely loathe the Will Levis pick. I do think that there are some things to like about what he can bring to a football team. I'm going to take Anthony Richardson third on this list if we were to rank them. C.J. Stroud would be second just because I do think there are fewer question marks. And Bryce Young won. But Fiddy, it, it kind of, as long as you trade up to go get your guy... I'm going to be cool with the pick, and of course, depending on how much you give up, but I wouldn't mind this at all. To give up, just in theory, one second rounder and one first rounder to move up from nine to three, six spots is a lot. To go get your QB, I'd be mad cool with this. I hope it actually plays out this way if I can't have Bryce Young at all. Yeah, the thing that I would just push back on is I don't think they should trade up to, tra to, to draft Levis because I think Levis will be there at nine. I agree with that. And Richardson a little bit too for you. 
I don't I, I don't know, man. But he did a backflip though. <laughs> like I mean, doesn't like, that matter when you measure QBs doing backflips? Like like don't get it. Like I think the thing is like you know, put on the game tape. Yeah, you look against week one against Utah. He was fantastic. Yeah. You go to week two against Kentucky. And he was awful. And then, dude, Ke- dude, Kevin Brockway the other day when he was on with us in the afternoon, some of the stuff he said about him mentally, and if he was just mentally prepared and how he lost confidence within games, really scared me for you to be trading up to make him your franchise quarterback. We do have breaking news. Wake Forest did lose their quarterfinal matchup against Miami, but a lot closer than what it looked like originally. 74 to 72, Wake Forest falls to the number one seeded Miami Hurricanes. We'll get an update on that game and plenty more surrounding the ACC tournament with Wes Bryant on site. Joining us next, Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Wake Forest made it a heartbreaker. They lose in the quarterfinal matchup with Miami, 74-72. to They missed a buzzer beater by just a couple of tenths of a second to end the first half. That three was wiped off. It would go to a five-point deficit for Wake Forest going into the locker room. They were down by as many as, I believe, 17. If I'm not mistaken, they brought it all the way back at the very end, made it very close, but they would end up losing 74-72. to Miami moves on to the semifinal where they await the winner of Pittsburgh and Duke taking place in just a moment. We'll go to Wes Bryan on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, also an alum of one Wake Forest University. Wes, how are you feeling, man? They made it close at the very end. How are you doing? I mean, it, it was typical Wake Forest, you know what I'm saying? Like, just when you think the game is over with, because they're a top 20 uh, three-point shooting team as far as three-point field goals made per game, then you know that they're never out of a game because that's the new wave of basketball, and they got a couple of stops, and they hit a couple of threes, and voila, we were right there back into the game, but uh, it was too little too late. So what what do you make overall now with the season being done with no NCAA tournament berth on the horizon for Wake Forest? It got real close. I mean, it would have been interesting, right? I, I don't think they would have made it even if they beat Miami and, and maybe even yeah. Duke. I don't know where they were in the positioning. They would have had to win the whole thing. But you still ended on a pretty strong note, Wes. Like you have the big time win against Syracuse. You barely lose to Miami. Overall, what are your feelings on Steve Forbes, I believe, third year now with Wake Forest and the conclusion of it? Uh, I think it was solid. It was a lot of ups and downs. Uh, just as far as you had times where this team did look like a tournament team uh, in ACC where there was no dominant 
basketball team there. So you, you feel a little bit like there was something in the tank that could have been there for the taking. Uh, but overall, like I said, I say it's solid, but I think next year is the year. Uh, like I said, year four for him and getting some more recruits in. We know he's going to work the portal. We don't know who's going or who's staying uh, just yet as far as who will return. So I think next year is going to be a big year for him to see is he really the guy because he came with quite the resume, you know, winning 30 games plus in uh, multiple seasons at his previous stop. So we're going to see if he can pull off some of that magic next season uh, with a team that I feel like at that point you could fully say, the program is, is, is his. But it's, it's because, you know, with the transfer portal and with the way things are now, I feel like coaches get control of programs quicker than ever now. But uh, next year, I really think you can point to it and say, you know, this is for this program. He's got all his guys in place and ready to go. And uh, we'll see. Wes Bryant providing updates live at the ACC tournament, doing so via the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I did want to know, did we take you away from a potential uh, interview at the end of this game? Because it really just ended. And uh, did we keep you away from interviewing one of the players battling ESPN for said player? (laughs) No, you did not, because I would have been a little bit delayed coming back had that been (laughs) the case. The interviews normally go pretty quick. They sent me two to three questions, and, you know, with college guys, especially players, you know they're not going to say anything out of pocket besides what's on the script for the most part. I just interviewed North Chad O'Meer uh, from Miami, and, you know, he he gave solid answers. They, they were fairly candid, but you're never going to get any uh, anything provocative out of these guys because I surely try. Uh, you know me. You know, I like to hold those feet to the fire. So, Because I think last year when I talked to Mark Williams, I tried to get him to say that they wanted Carolina because uh, I think they had a chance to play Carolina, and I really, I was really trying to get him to say it because uh, uh, well, Paolo said it in the hallway last year in Brooklyn. They were chanting out that they wanted Carolina. So, uh, yeah, I was trying to. So I, I try to get him to say something. But really, man, I'm just looking at my analysis, looking at my research, uh, playing off the storylines, and then asking them, what uh you know just questions based off that depending on how the game went so you know i just really asked them if they felt the pressure coming in as the one seed uh you know defensively what they did to apple be to slowing down and just stuff like that well i mean let's get some of that fantastic analysis and talk about a game we really haven't talked about yet right like we talked about nc uh-huh. state and their win yesterday against virginia tech but their matchup against Clemson is interesting because Clemson destroyed mm-hmm. them the last time these two teams met. How badly does NC State want vengeance against the Tigers? That, see, there you go right there. And you know your boy asked that question last night to Coach Keith. I really did. That was my number one thing. I tried to get some type of <laughs> vengeful, petty answer out of him. But you know coaches, they're definitely not going to give you that. And Kevin Keith is as candid as they come. But he said, for one, he was just happy to uh, advance. But he said that, you know, uh, that he was going to enjoy the win and that they were going to get ready for tomorrow. So he didn't give me much because that's certainly how I led in with the question. And I asked them, you know, I brought up what happened to them in their most recent matchup. And I said, is this team itching uh, to get at them? And, you know, he he wouldn't bite. But I think that as far as how this game is going to go, that's probably, well, it's always a treat for me to see Duke. And I'm not going to lie, to see Carolina. You know, as much I don't, you know, care for them. But you only hate things that you respect deep down. And so to see, you know, the blue. 
Blue Bloods up close and personal. That's always a, a treat for me growing up in that state. But uh, that matchup today with Clemson, definitely one I can't wait to see. And we get Carolina and NC State in the same session, so their fans will be intermingling. So that should be interesting as well. Well, I mean, let's view Clemson just a little bit here because, I mean, we all wrote them off after they lost to Louisville. It was such a bad loss to a team that has been absolutely awful this year. And then they beat Syracuse pretty comfortably. They destroy NC State. They lose to Virginia, but okay, Virginia had a good year. Then they destroy Notre Dame. Like, the games that they won, it's come by close to 20 or even more. What? How do you view this Clemson team? How confident are you in them showing up today against the Wolfpack? Oh, man, you know, it's interesting because I always like to get into the psychology of things, and it's going to be interesting to see because they won so handily. Will Clemson come in and not necessarily take them lightly, but, you know, will Clemson come in and feel like they have a grasp on NC State and how to stop them and what to do? And is NC State going to hit them, you know, with some curveballs or, or mainly just for them, for State just getting out on the fast break, hitting those three, playing defense, taking care of the basketball for them, you know, if they do those things. But I want to see, I'm going to be looking for the temperament of these teams early. What, what's the body language looking like? Does Sir Quavion hit a three and get up in Hunter Tyson's face and say, uh, not tonight with an expletive tied on to the end of it? That's the type of stuff, you know, that I want to see early in that game. Is Hunter Tyson going to uh, get a dunk or uh, Chase Hunter? Is he going to get a dunk? P.J. Hall, is he going to look at D.J. Burns and say, we're going to beat that uh, high me and again <laughs> tonight <laughs> you know am i going to get that kind of stuff that's what i want to see i want to see the chippiness is nc state angry because of what happened is, is clemson itching to do it to him again so there's going to be lots of good stuff to look for uh, from those teams but i'd probably say that's one of the matchups i'm looking forward to the most to me. uh wes you had miami winning the whole thing in your bracket right I did. Yeah, is there any reason to change your answer based off what you saw against <laughs> Wake Forest? I have Miami too. Like, so I, I'm with you, but uh, just a little bit close okay. against Wake Forest. If you had a do-over, would you take advantage of that opportunity? Uh, no, I would not. Uh, the the Duke matchup, depending on how they come out looking this game, it could be a little scary. Duke or Pitt, because I feel like this this Duke Pitt game is a true crapshoot. I think these are uh, two teams. I think this is a really good matchup. I, I'm looking forward to all of these games today. And this is going to be another great matchup, I feel like, um, because these, you know, both of these teams, you know, they can play defense and, and pick and shoot and can uh, do shut them down. And can you guys as ACC Player of the Year come out and, you know, be dominant and not have another game with three rebounds, no blocks and stuff like that. So, you know, I want to see how that's going to go for him. I, I saw Filipowski run out and, uh, you know, I ran up and I did tell him that, he may not have won the player of the year, but he was Josh City Marla and Walker Mills player of the year. And he said, who? <laughs> no, he didn't. He knew who we were. Don't say that. He said, I'm sure he was so thankful. And he said, thank you, Wes, for telling me that. Uh, you, you can't you can't clown us like that, man. I think that I think he probably was even more disappointed that he was you guys as player of the year and nobody else. And he's probably like, damn, that's the only <laughs> Guys that believe in me, those two guys. Yes, like, the answer is yes, 100%. We do believe in you, Kyle Filipowski. I don't know. See, 
Man, you guys called you guys called me Filipowski. You said I look like him, and now here I am just th- through the weeks that have happened this season. Now I'm out here pulling for him. All right, real quickly before. I see it. I see it, too. Uh, I see the resemblance. Yeah, I hate that you said that. But, you know, he runs out there, man, four more, four to five more inches of height on you, and I'm telling you, man, you could be his doppelganger. Well, somebody draft me and give me all that Skrilla, as Wes Bryant might say. Uh, final thing before we get you out of here. Any more celebrity run-ins? I, I know you talked about Reese Davis. You saw him in the gym. Uh-huh. Did you see how much he yes. was bench-pressing by any chance? Uh, there was no bench in there. Reese Davis was He was doing a tough workout because I, I told you guys I do the Nike training club workouts, and he was uh, on the ground doing what looks like a push-up, but then you have dumbbells, and you have to pull each one. Those are pretty taxing. And oh, what a beast. Doing, uh, yeah, and then he was doing side lunges with the dumbbells, and I can attest that those things will tax you're behind. And so when I saw him doing that, I was like, man, I said, Reese is, is getting it in. But there's no bend. They only have dumbbells in there. So that's that's about the most uh, that you can do. But I'm sure I'm going to have uh, some, some good run-ins. I haven't seen any famous Duke alums yet or Carolina alums, but I'm sure, too, especially if these teams advance as the weekend goes, I'm going to see more uh, more people pulling up. All right, well, this is the last hit, so we don't have to bother you anymore. You can go out on courtside in your seat, watching the game, hang out in the media room. Yeah. So we expect yeah. all of the celebrity stories from you serving as the paparazzi in Greensboro. So we want those tomorrow, Wes. Listen, I'm just I'm, I'm just building. Tell the people out there they can follow my story on my Instagram, uh, Wes Got Range 704. I'm posting. I'm taking you through a day in the life on my workout this morning, all the way to where we are at today at this juncture. So I'm giving you a full uh, kind of uh, glimpse into what it's like, man. So go check out my story. I'm going to be updating it, uh, you know, by the hour. I would say. All right, that's Wes Bryant, the one and only, joining us on the Body Works Plus <laughs> guest hotline. You can find him on Twitter and anywhere you get your socials at Wes Scott Range, at least. Wes, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Yep, we'll be on tomorrow, man. I have uh, hopefully some good stories. Yeah, 100%. I, I, right. I feel confident in Wes's ability to get some stories for us tomorrow, being down there in Greensboro, watching the ACC tournament. Full effect right now. We just saw Wake Forest make that a much closer game than it was about midway through the second half, but they eventually fall to Miami, 74-72. to Duke and Pittsburgh scheduled to tip off at 2.30, but they should be tipping off here in just a moment after that first game just concluded, and then we'll have a little bit of a break in the action virginia north carolina they'll be going at it at 7 p.m clemson virginia tech they'll be the nightcap at 9 30 p.m eastern time how are you feeling about armando baycott fitty i know that hubert davis talked about baycott status what did he say that you found on twitter um he's gonna be a game time decision but uh here's the thing armando said after we beat ohio state he was willing to quote die for this university and uh, if we got to put those words to the test, then that's what I'm willing to do because he's that important to what Carolina does. That He's going to suit up and at least try to play, right? I mean, because that's what this kid has done his entire career. He's as tough a player, I think, I that has come through Carolina's front court since Tyler Zeller. I mean, he is that tough. Like, he, he plays hurt. He, he doesn't mind playing through contact, you know. And I, I think he knows – this guy wants to leave a legacy here, and he's got the legacy of being the greatest rebounder in the history of the program. But also, if they lose, they're not going dancing. And mm-hmm. he doesn't want the legacy to be you were the face of a team that went from preseason number one to the NIT. Well, 
Armando Baycott clearly as tough as they come, okay? If you do check the x-rays, you can see the pit bulls inside those chests. They barking. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. They're, they're barking all over the like place. Like Mabel. Yeah. Got, got the dog hit him for sure. But the thing about Armando is the fact that the monster games are often the games that he's hurt for, which is unfortunate. If you go back earlier this season, that Virginia game is huge. Because it's a quad one opportunity. Mm -hmm. And North Carolina only has one, and it is against Virginia, which granted he played. But now here we are in the ACC tournament. The very first game that he plays gets banged up. Now you have a game, another opportunity to get another quad one win, and he's banged up. Last year, in March, in that NCAA tournament run, Armando Baycott was battling the hurt ankle. And you saw that, by the way, in the championship game to no end. And, And a lot of people had a problem with the floor. Right in that championship game. Not supposed to move. Well, Armando, Armando probably having the biggest disadvantage with the injury that he suffered and the injury that he was battling. It's just unfortunate. This is nothing to do about Baycott, him being at fault, by the way. Like, I'm not throwing that at him. It's just the timing is really unfortunate because if he's healthy, then maybe that could change the outcome. But he matters a lot, especially against a team like Virginia. Like, especially against the Cavaliers, because I think he's such a tough matchup for them. And so if he can't suit up, is that the difference, Fiddy? I mean, if if you would come into this game filling out your bracket and you knew Armando Baycott would not play, would you with your brain, I know your heart would pick North Carolina, but would you pick North Carolina to lose that game if Armando Baycott did in fact not suit up in that matchup? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, he... he... He's just that important to what Carolina does on offense. Like, the reason why they scored the ball the way they did last night, their first four shots came at the rim. And after that, they were, BC just threw their hands up and said, well, we don't got a chance because they got the ball inside the Baycott. Love Davis. They attacked the rim. If he's not on the court, and look, I, I think Pete looks a lot more comfortable at the five. Pete doesn't scare you as much as Armando Baycott does because he's not the offensive rebounding threat that Mondo is. And this this ankle injury wouldn't have happened if Tyler Nickel wouldn't have taken the dumbest shot of the entire game. Nickel's going to be a really good player, and he plays really, really hard. Nothing ticks me off more than seeing bench guys shoot threes on offensive rebounds when they've been in the game for two minutes. Armando finished with 10 points, only four field goal attempts in this game. But again, he did have the injury that eventually he'd be taken out for. Caleb Love, 9 of 20, 3 of 8. You know, solid shooting night for him. I mean, especially for Caleb Love, right? I mean, I'll take a 9 of 20 game any day of the week. I'll ask you the same thing I asked Wes, because it seemed like Jay Billis was discussing R.J. Davis as the most dynamic offensive player for this team. Like, he's the guy that can really get things going, and probably in a more consistent way. Caleb Love seems to be, I mean, maybe the Kelly Oubre of this team, if you will, because when he's hitting, he's really hard to stop, and that's a big old variance when you're talking about wins and losses. But if Caleb Love's not hitting, how is he helping you? Because he's not rotating. He's not going to facilitate for other players like that. I mean, if Caleb's hitting, then that's the guy. But I think consistently, R.J. Davis is the one that makes this team go. Yeah, because he's a three-level scorer. He can score at the rim, his mid-range. The most inefficient shot in basketball is really, really good. And then when he's he's healthy, he's a 36% career three-point shooter. Caleb Love, Caleb Love is the more explosive score. Like when he scores, he can put up 20 points before you blink. But but Davis can do it in a, in a multitude of different ways. And look, Huber Davis said earlier this year, he's the engine. He's the heartbeat of what makes this team go. When he plays at a high level, Carolina's harder to beat. 
how are we going to view Caleb Love if he does one of these hot streak things again? Helps helps Carolina win the ACC tournament after ending Coach K's career last year. And then even if you lose like in the first or second round to go on the ACC tournament run to get you a tournament bid, how are we going to view him again? Are we just going to throw our hands up again and say, all right, we'll give you some more respect? Or is there still, is there going to be more hatred because he wasn't doing that in the regular season? Hang with me. Okay. If he stays hot through Greensboro, Carolina makes the tournament. They win a game, two game, whatever. See this generation's Kimba Walker where he just loves to play basketball in March? I think Kimba was too good. I hear you, but I think Kimba was too good. Plus, they did have the championship, and that's got to count for something. It, I mean, it does, but I mean, like, I can't think of a guy outside of Kimba in my lifetime that you knew when he got to March, put the fear in people. You know, and like, if Caleb Love comes out and plays well tonight, mm-hmm. and Carolina advances to the semis. Yeah, it's going to get real. Yeah. There's no doubt. <laughs> it's, uh, I can't. I don't think anybody is emotionally ready for that. Even Carolina fans, if Caleb Love comes out and he scores 30 points and and just goes crazy to help them advance in the ACC tournament, it's going to be absolutely nuts. All right, let's do a Fitty Flash. We only got to one. Let's get to the last one of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? Well, we talked quarterback in the previous segment in terms of the draft. Report from SI. Three teams expected to be interested in current Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. The Houston Texans. The Las Vegas Raiders. Don't say it. Don't say it. And the Carolina Panthers. No way. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Is there anything else to this? Are, are, are we like, I, I really hope that the reports are that they're interested in Lamar Jackson. And yet here they are saying, no, we're, we're they're interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll kind of dissect that a little bit more. But if they don't get Derek Carr, are they're not going after Jimmy G, right? I mean, I guess they would still draft a QB in the first round. Goodness gracious, man. We'll talk about that in uh, just a little bit. We'll start to dissect that a little bit more. One more segment to go. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Drop some news that made the texters angry on the garage door guru text line. Dynamic Mark, I mean, he is having a full-on temper tantrum on the text line. He's sending in a lot of angry gifs. He's saying, I just threw up in my mouth. Expletives. 
I mean, does not want Jimmy Garoppolo, it's fair to say. But to be fair, there are also some other people writing in. They don't want Jimmy G either. I will say I'll throw some water on the fire that Fiddy started before we went to break. It's not that Ian Rappaport is reporting Carolina is interested. He's throwing them out as a team that could be interested. So according to this, this is from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Quote, now that Derek Carr has signed with the New Orleans Saints, Garoppolo, the highest profile free agent quarterback, of course, Aaron Rodgers, potentially available, but not a free agent. He said Garoppolo is going to have some interested suitors. Expect the Raiders to at least take a look at him. What about the Houston Texans? If they need someone to keep the seat warm for whatever rookie quarterback they draft, same situation for the Carolina Panthers. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to be fine. So it's not necessarily that they are reportedly interested in Ian Rappaport is just throwing them out as a potential option. Real quickly, you were very high on Derek Carr. You did want Carolina to go after him. He signed with the New Orleans Saints instead. What is your level of love towards Jimmy G playing in a Panther uniform? Uh, This guy beat the Cowboys in the playoffs, so there isn't a whole lot of love there for him. And I just... I think Derek Carr is a top 10, 12 quarterback in the NFL. I, I, I truly do believe that. I think you can win... Big time games with Derek Carr. You were you. I was interested where you were going to go. You were too. Like you stopped, said, "Okay, what am I going to say here? Am I going to say a Super Bowl? No. I wanted to. Am I going to say conference championship? No, no. A, a big big time. All right, got it. That's what happened in your brain. I don't know if Jimmy G can win with coaches not named Bill Belichick and not named Shanahan. Like, and like, look, Frank Reich's a really good coach. He's no Belichick or Shanahan, right? So like, I don't think if he comes here, it's just guaranteed success. Not that it was with Derek Carr. I just, Derek Carr, I thought was just a good leader. We need Wes Bryant's opinion on this because (laughs) I have no clue what he would do with Jimmy G. Like is he likes quarterbacks that I don't, and he's not here right now to defend himself. So we're not going to go too far in, but I have zero. I, I wonder if he would like Jimmy Garoppolo here in Carolina. But we'll see. 704, finally, we got one person defending Jimmy G saying, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, good QB. That's all he said. So 704 number writing in. We appreciate the text message. And this is the other thing, too. I say GIF. People get mad at me for saying GIF. I hate the debate altogether just because so many people are split on this. I go GIF, man. I'm not doing the classic radio debate of if it's GIF or GIF. I'm going GIF. I know peanut butter is named after it as well. Sorry. This is how I stick with it. I did have a text message sent to me by my girlfriend that has me kind of scared. Fitting. Was it because I took a shot at her and my least favorites? Well, no, you were worried about it. I said, I got a text message from my girlfriend. You said, oh no, what'd she say? (laughs) (laughs) After you destroyed her alma mater in one Virginia. But no, I did not. I got a thread. And look, just to set the table here, I have a beagle who is still basically a puppy. He's over a year old, but he can be a problem as one-year-old beagles might. His name is Guinness, and she texted me this. I'm about to lose my bleeping bleep (laughs) with Guinness chewing stuff up. He must have grabbed one of my Birkenstocks out of the bedroom before you left because we'll shut the door so we can't get into some of the bedrooms, and usually he's fine, but he's been bad lately. And then she said, I can't deal with any more of my shoes being chewed up. I just can't. I'm going to go walk home to a very angry woman, angry at the puppy, and I don't want to go into that environment. So I might have some work I need to do, quote unquote, before I go home. Maybe like give it 30 minutes time because that's a scary text message to receive. Or, you know, just come over to old Fitmeisters, 
We'll crack, crack a few beers, watch some hoops. You won't invite me. You're scared to have anybody over at that house. That's that is part of the reason you're asking me <laughs> to host show movie night so we can watch some of these superhero movies you and Wes are always talking about. My like my room just isn't set up like the reason why Flounder comes over is because like Flounder is like my best friend. Like mm-hmm. you know if if we had another spare tv watching room like my cousin and his girlfriend take over that i would gladly say guys come over we'll hang out watch some 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 games and drink some beers have you reverse sear me a steak or whatever but i don't have that luxury <laughs> um 201 he, he wrote they wrote in uh beagles are like jimmy g safe reliable and annoying no and i appreciate the effort still a fantastic effort i just think i think uh, honestly beagles are like anthony richardson just a complete wild card like, I have zero clue. Really athletic. I mean, huge animal drive, huge prey drive. That we have a fence in the yard. And this dude almost climbed a fence that is taller than me. And he's a 13 inch beagle. He's not even a standard size. He's still small. Almost climbed it to get to a squirrel. He looks like he's on roids, man. I mean, he just runs constantly all across the yards, barking, baying at squirrels. I appreciate the effort, but I feel like he's more of an Anthony Richardson type. He's boomer bust. You know, he's he's going to do something bad or he's going to be awesome to watch. But either way, it's going to be a show. There's like nothing that is chill about the Beagle. And now he's about to get I, I I'm I'm afraid to see what's going to happen. He he might be in a crate when I come home. I don't know, but I, I'm sure there's going to be something that's a problem. Uh, we got an eight, four, three number in regards to the quarterback conversation. At this point, just sign Shane Falco. If you could sign a fictional quarterback. Who would you sign? It's Falco. He's got heart. There's no doubt he has heart. You can't sign Willie Beeman because the offensive line allowed the defensive line through for a reason, even if he is a dynamic player. Man, I I think Shane Falco, it's probably my favorite movie. I mean, you know, do you go Sunshine? I, I wanted to go with Rev, but he couldn't make the pitch. He got hurt. Yeah. And and Sunshine is coming out here, you know, throwing it on a dime 50 yards out in practice. You can, even if he cuts the hair, that's fine. I, I might take Sunshine over Shane Falco just for the overall arm talent. Arm talent, man. Sunshine's got it in droves. What about Saracen? I don't know who that is. Oh. Who is that for? I haven't seen Friday Night Lights. Oh, no, I have. Okay. No, I have seen that. I just forgot. It's been a while. I'd, I'd probably, I'd still go with Sunshine, man. All right. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. We won't do what's on tap. It's the ACC tournament, man. Also, the Charlotte Hornets, they play tonight as well. They'll play the Detroit Pistons. So that's what's on tap. Finally getting it in right at the buzzer. Thanks for joining us. Wes Bryant will be hopping on with us every hour live from the ACC tournament. Until then, keep it right here with the Kyle Bailey Show and Smoke Ludwig coming up next at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.